continuing on this message that I started a couple weeks ago, um, talking about expanding the kingdom of God. Um, and I want to I want to emphasize this because we're going to be moving on talking about gifts of the Spirit, um, what it means to be the body of Christ uh, is essentially what we started last time. And and you know the thing is that the gifts of the Spirit they're actually not optional, take it or leave it. Uh, you know, I, I, we often treat it like that, but it's actually an imperative in Paul where he says, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to show you the verse later, but it's 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And then if that wasn't enough, he repeated himself. In, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, now pursue love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. How many of you know that's pretty important if he says eagerly desire? In fact, the word there is, zeal, the, is the word zealot. That's where we get the word zealous. It's actually a, je, a jealous longing for the gifts of the Spirit. And, and what I want to uh, talk about is how important they are and, and the reason they're so important, okay? And so before I, I go into specifics talking about different gifts and stuff, what I wanted to do today is in a continuation of last time, um, talking about our role as the church, we have such a crucial role in our world, it's, and, and, you know, if we can get a hold of that, if we can grasp, wow, like, we're literally, we're literally the body of Christ. He's the head. We're his body. We're his body. And so what that means is, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're supposed to be continuing Jesus' ministry in the world today. That's why Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you're going to do greater works than these as a church when the Spirit comes uh, in John 14. So, you know, that's our role. That's our mandate is to be Jesus to the world. And if we can get a hold of that, the dignity um, that the church has is phenomenal, you know. And so what I wanted to do today to build this, uh, to give, a, to try and emphasize that before we go on to the specific gifts, talking about the importance of the gifts, Okay. It's, it's such a crucial thing. So today I'm talking about the church, the spirit, and the kingdom, and the relationship between those three things, okay? Now I'm going to be bringing some things together uh, in this message um, to build that framework so when we move on talking about the gifts, we have this as a foundation, okay? And so this will be a reminder, a refresher to some of us, but first I want to talk about the significance of the spirit and the kingdom, okay? So... <clears throat> If, if you're interested, uh, I, I spoke some messages uh, last year on this, but, so I'm just going to give a couple sentences on this, but, but this is an important thing to know because we're building up to the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a crucial part of the Jewish, the first century Jewish expectations of the end times. Okay? So w w they thought the two things that were going to happen when the end came, the kingdom of God came, was that the Spirit would come. It would be the age of the Spirit, and the resurrection would happen. Those two things. That's why Jesus, on, or sorry, on the, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came, and what did Peter say? He quoted this very verse in Joel 2, the one that they were expecting as the sign of the end, that I'll pour out my flesh or my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have visions. Your old men dream dreams. He was quoting this verse because he was saying, your expectations are being fulfilled now. In other words, the age of the spirit has begun. The kingdom of God is here. Do you know how I know? Because, look at people are prophesying. The spirit's being poured out upon all flesh. People are speaking in tongues. Those gifts along with the fire and the wind and all the, the drunken, look like drunken Holy Spirit, uh, Acts chapter 2, just read it. What that was were evidence, signs, tangible evidence that the Spirit was here and it's fulfilling. He's fulfilling all these promises, these expectations you've had for hundreds and hundreds of years. Okay? So the reason I'm talking about this is because the coming of the Spirit fulfilled all these Old Testament promises, but was the sure evidence that the future age of the Spirit, the kingdom of God, has already been set in motion. It's already here. It's tangibly here. That was Jesus' message. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. How do you know the Holy Spirit's here? The Holy Spirit's back. So, 
This is super important for understanding Jesus' ministry and message. This is why I'm, I'm talking about this today, because I'm talking about the body of Christ. If you just look at it, and here's just three verses, how Jesus is introduced to us in the Gospels. John the Baptist, the man in the wilderness, camel skin, uh, comes and says, guys, I'm not the Messiah, because a bunch of people thought he was the Messiah. He says, hey, I'm not him. I'm just baptizing you guys in water, but he's going to come and baptize you in what? The Holy Spirit and fire. Why was that significant? John just finished saying the kingdom of heaven is near repent. Right? What did I just say? The spirit was the evidence that the kingdom had come. That's why he was such a crucial part of Jesus' ministry. The spirit came back with the Messiah, the ultimate man of the spirit, the anointed one that they are waiting for. And his ministry is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, not just water. Okay, so that's Luke 3.16. Then Jesus gets baptized by John. What happens? The Holy, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. When heaven opens, God speaks to him, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And the first thing that happens, Luke 4.1, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Look, led by the Spirit. <laughs> At first it says, so this is Luke 4.1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and what? Was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. After 40 days of that, this is the first thing it says. John, Luke 4.14, Jesus returned from the wilderness, what? In the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside, and this is where he began his ministry. In the power of the Spirit. Okay? So, Jesus ministered by the Spirit, and this was evidence that the kingdom had come. That's why it's so crucial. Talking about the, why the Spirit is so important for understanding the kingdom. Because he was the ultimate evidence, according to the expectations and the promises in the Old Testament, that the kingdom of heaven was here. That the age of the Spirit had begun. Look at this. Matthew 12, 28. This is Jesus. So he's saying, but if it's what? By the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then what? The kingdom of God has come upon you. Look at the connection. If by the Spirit I cast out demons as evidence that the kingdom has come. Right? Because that that's what they are all expecting. The age of the Spirit's here. So his ministry, casting out demons, healing the sick, all that stuff was evidence the kingdom's here. Because I'm doing it by the Spirit. And this is why the Spirit's ministry is so important for us, the church. Okay? How many know if Jesus ministered by the Spirit, we need to minister by the Spirit? Yeah? And that's why Jesus emphasized that so much in the Last Supper. Some of his last words to his disciples before he's crucified is, the Holy Spirit, the Advocate's going to come. It's actually, he says in John 16, 8, it's actually better for you that I go, because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. He's actually saying it's better for us that he went to the cross so that we get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would live in each and every one of us. Okay? So this is a major way to expand God's kingdom. The only way, actually, by the Spirit. This is why this is so important for the church. So, that's what I'm talking about now. Talked about the Spirit and the kingdom. Now we're going to talk about us. Why this is applicable to us, the Spirit and the church. So Scripture suggests that true kingdom living has to do with living life of the Spirit in the Christian community, us, and in the world. True kingdom living is living the life of the Spirit in the community of believers and in the world, showing people the kingdom by the Spirit. And you see this in various names Paul uses to describe the church, that the Spirit plays a key role in each, and I'm just going to point, uh, you'll, you'll recognize these. Okay, so we're, the, we're God's family, the church, evidenced by the Spirit crying Abba from within our hearts. We just sang that song, but you see this in Galatians 4, 4 to 7, and Romans 8, 14 to 16. It says, we know we're his children because the Holy Spirit cries out Abba from our hearts, bearing witness with our spirits that we're his children. We're God's temple, the place of his habitation on earth by his Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 and 2 Corinthians 6, 16, Ephesians 2, you see all the 2.22 references if you want to look them up. The point is, we're God's temple. 
as we gather, we're fulfilling all these Old Testament promises of God restoring his temple. We're his temple now, the place where his presence dwells. That's why when we gather together, we need to have the expectation the Holy Spirit's going to come. Don't you love when he does? How many of you feel his presence even now or earlier? Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's, the, right? that's, our, that's our purpose. We're supposed to be his temple. We're his, his habitation. Last but not least, we form Christ's body, made so by our common lavish experience of the Spirit. Okay, and you see this in those references, and I can actually read this one, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14. Just to show you, it's the Spirit that makes us the body of Christ. Okay? So this is uh, verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, talking about us, but all many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 13, for we were all baptized in one spirit so as to form one body. You see that? It's the spirit that makes us the body. He's the unifying factor that, that binds us all together as the body of Christ, even though we're all different. Then he says, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given what? The one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. So created and formed by the Spirit, church communities are to be a fellowship of the Spirit. He is supposed to be manifest when we meet together. His presence is supposed to be manifest, right? As his body, as his temple. So, now I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So the church is also to be a colony of heaven, living out the lifestyle and values of eternity in the present age as we await Christ's second coming. And you remember this when we talked about the Kingdom of God series. We are to be a colony of heaven, showing people what heaven is like, right? That's why Jesus told us to pray, your will be done, Right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to bring heaven to earth. We're supposed to show people what heaven is like. Okay, and you see this in Philippians 3, 20 to 21. He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. We're citizens of heaven. We're foreigners in this age. Right? Our real citizenship is in heaven. He says that in Ephesians, that we're actually now seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. We're there now. That's where we really are from, okay? And the purpose of being here is that we are to show people. We're supposed to be Christ's ambassadors showing people what heaven's like, bringing heaven to earth. So then he goes on and he says, as we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they'll become his glorious body. What's the point? Remember I said that the two things that they were waiting for was the spirit, the resurrection. The resurrection of the dead. Those are the two signs the kingdom of heaven was here in its fullness. Okay? The first one's happened. The spirit came, and then that's the significance of Jesus' resurrection. That's, that's, that says it all. That, so that was the evidence of, well, the resurrection that has already happened in Christ... We're just waiting, if you read in 1 Corinthians 15, for the final, for him to bring all of his enemies under his feet, the final one's death. And when we're all raised from the dead, that's when the fullness of the kingdom's here. Okay, so we're here now, living by the Spirit, as a representatives of heaven, just, and we're doing that, waiting until Christ's second coming, when, when the kingdom comes in its absolute fullness, and then the fullness of the age of the Spirit will be here. Now, I want to show you this. In a couple different ways. That we're actually supposed to be living the lifestyle and values of heaven now and showing people what heaven's like. Okay, here's another scripture that says that similar thing in a different way. This is Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. Now, this is, this is saying something totally different, but I want, I'm underlining a couple points to, to show you this. Okay, these are the signs if you're saved in context. He says in verse 4, For it's impossible for those who've once been enlightened, who've tasted what? The heavenly gift who've shared in the Holy Spirit, remember, it's the Holy Spirit that makes us the body, fellowship of the Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and what? The powers of the age to come. We're supposed to be, that's a sign that you're, right, you're supposed to be experiencing the powers of the age to come. 
the, right, the kingdom of heaven, the gifts of the spirit, all the stuff. That's a sign, right? And then he, then he goes on to say, who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. He's saying, if you fall away, okay. The, the point is, my point is, look, those are signs. If you've shared in the Holy Spirit and you've experienced the powers of the age to come, those are evidences that you are a believer because that's where we're, our citizenship is from heaven. We're supposed to be showing people what heaven's like, the powers of the age to come present now. So, to, just to summarize this little uh, section, we're called to show people what heaven's like by the power of the Spirit, the powers of the age to come. Okay? Our mandate as the church is to live the life of the Spirit in the community of faith as it lives out the life of Christ in the world. Showing the world, heaven's here, kingdom has come, the Messiah has come, right? And here's evidence. And this is, again, Matthew 6.10, Jesus' prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live heaven to earth, heaven to earth, showing people what heaven's like, because that's what Jesus did. The spirit and the body of Christ. Now, talking about the church, but I want to focus, I focused last time a little bit on this metaphor, and I want to go into it a bit more again, because this is, in context of the gifts of the spirit, it's talking about the body of Christ. Okay, and so again, I'm building this foundation to go there. So what does it mean to be the body of Christ? The church today is acting out the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. We're his hands and feet to the world. We're continuing the ministry he began 2,000 years ago. So he was a model. His life was a model for us to follow and to emanate, right? That's why he sent the Spirit. Now you continue and do the stuff that I've been doing. So the question is, well, what was Jesus' ministry, right? What, what was his ministry? I'm just going to show you this. This, again, is right after he, was, he came from the desert and the power of the Spirit. It summarizes his ministry and his message in all synoptic gospels. It, it says what he's all about. He says, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues proclaiming or preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Okay? News about him spread all over Syria and people brought, brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, all having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Evidence that the kingdom's here. He didn't just say kingdom's here, and they're like, okay, I don't believe. He said, look, I'll prove it to you that the kingdom's here. Healing. Casting out demons. Raising the dead. All this stuff is evidence. Guys, God, his kingdom, has broken in by the power of the Spirit. So he didn't just teach. He didn't just preach. He demonstrated with the gifts of the Spirit. He did, it doesn't say that, but healing, right? All the stuff. So Jesus' primary ministry was to preach and demonstrate the kingdom of God, and he commanded us to do likewise. That's the key. What are we supposed to do as a church? Continue Jesus' ministry here and now, just like he did in the Gospels. Okay, we're now Christ's body with diverse parts that all work together to expand God's kingdom. He passed the torch to us. Now we're supposed to go and do this stuff. So our mandate as the body of Christ is to build his church, right? If you remember in Matthew 16, Jesus says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. We're supposed to continue that mandate. But we're also supposed to impact every sphere of society, not just some spheres, every single sphere of society. That's why it's important that the body of Christ is the body of Christ, because you guys have influence in areas that I will never have influence, or, or people, you know? your jobs, whatever it is you do, you're supposed to show people the kingdom, every sphere, until it penetrates every sphere of society. And we're supposed to do it through kingdom-based evangelism and disciple-making. And you see this in Jesus' great commission to us, the church. This is his last thing he says, Matthew, uh, sorry, 28. 19 and 20. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all nations. Not, not converts, disciples. How? It says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Right? Remember, we're citizens of heaven awaiting Christ's second coming. That's what he's saying here. Guys, look. Continue the ministry. Make disciples. 
until I come back, until the end of the age. That, so this didn't end with the apostles, right? The church, how, how the church functioned and operated in the book of Acts is a glimpse of it. Is it, it we're supposed to continue that because that's how they operated, kingdom of God. Showing people the evidence of the kingdom by the power of the Spirit. Now, the point I want to make is, remember Jesus says, making disciples how? Teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Not some things, not just the ethical things, not just the sermon, everything. Okay? And I want to show you this. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 is included in everything, isn't it? Look at what he says. When he sent out the 12, when he sent out the 72 in the Great Commission in Mark 16, he says similar things. This is what he says. As you go what? Proclaim this one message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. That's the only, that's the message. (laughs) That's the message. That's the message. Jesus spoke about the kingdom more than any, he spoke about it something like 80 times in Matthew alone. 80 times. That was his message. And we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to continue that message. The kingdom of God is near. And then what does he say? Don't just, don't just say it. What do, heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those of leprosy. Drive out demons. What's the point? Don't just proclaim it. Demonstrate it. Kingdom is here. Bam. Here's evidence. Heal the sick. That's evidence that the kingdom's here. That God's present. The spirit's here. Right? Heal the sick, raise the dead, all this stuff, to, to, in that, right? That's part of the message. That's part of our mandate as the church, to do the stuff. Talking about gifts of the Spirit, right? I'm leading up to that. That's what Jesus told us to do. You don't just talk, you do. You do the supernatural stuff, showing people that the kingdom of God is for real, it's here, and you can't argue with an encounter, Right? When someone's healed of cancer, they can't argue with that. So it's a primary way that we reach the world is through the stuff. So, question, how do we fulfill this mandate to act out the present-day ministry of Jesus? How do we actually do that then? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Remember that the Spirit is the empowering presence of God for living the life of God's kingdom in the present age. That's why Paul says, live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. That's why he tells us to do that, because we're supposed to live the life of the age of the Spirit now, showing people what heaven's like by the power of the Spirit. That's the point. We're supposed to be that colony of heaven, showing the world the goodness and graciousness of God our Savior. Through evidential encounters with his Holy Spirit. So life in the Spirit includes every imaginable dimension of the believer's kingdom existence, including gifts of the Spirit. Think about Hebrews 6. I read to you. The powers of the age to come. (laughs) Share in the Holy Spirit and and operate in the powers. That's limitless. We're supposed to be operating in the powers of the age to come, showing people what heaven's like. Okay? That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's, right? So this is why the gifts of the Spirit are an important part of our community life. Right? Like I said earlier, it's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's a command. It's an imperative. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. How many of you want to be a community where we do that? Come on. Amen. Eagerly desire. Not just like, hey, I'll take it or leave it. If God wants to use me, he will. Eagerly desire. <laughs> Eagerly desire. So, here's just a couple examples. I said these earlier. I want to show you in the Bible. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. 1 Corinthians 4.1, follow the way of love in what? Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. We'll talk about why that's the case another time. 1 Corinthians 12.31, now eagerly desire what? The greater gifts. <laughs> right? Paul's not like, hey, eagerly desire a, tr- a trinket of some kind of cool sort of gift. The best gifts, he says. Eagerly desire the best ones. Go for it. Not just like, you know, settling for whatever. The best ones. <laughs> I love that. That's a command. We're supposed to eagerly desire the best gifts. That's awesome. I love it. You have, there you have it. You have per, not only permission, you have a command there. It's awesome. So, wh- now, the question, why are the gifts of the Spirit so important? What's their purpose? 
I'm going to tell you two purposes of the gifts of the Spirit, okay? One, scripturally speaking, if per, a major one, over and over again, we talked about this last time, uh, is to build up the church as we live the life of the kingdom in the present age. Remember Jesus. I said this earlier. Jesus says in Matthew, I will build my church. The kingdom of Hades won't prevail against it. Here Paul's saying, look at this, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. Since you're eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that, what? Build up the church. Build up the church. You see that in Ephesians 4, 11 as well, where it talks about the fivefold ministry, equipping the saints until we reach the full maturity of the fullness of Christ. And then he says, so each of you have a part to play to what? Build up the church. All of us do. Not just some, all of us have the part to play. So each of us are gifted uniquely. We need all the gifts to continue Jesus' kingdom ministry as his body. So that's a major reason the gifts are important. Like living heaven now, living as a colony of heaven now, um, it's supposed to be normal that we see manifestations of heaven in our midst, right? Gifts of the Spirit, supernatural powers of the age to come, evidence now. The other reason, okay, that's a major one, but the other reason the gifts are so important is that they serve as evidence of God's kingdom to unbelievers. I'm just letting that linger because that's so important. John Wimber, power evangelism, that was such a revelation when he realized <laughs> over and over and over, it wasn't just an isolated incident. He said, I couldn't, at first I was kind of like, okay, there might be one or two incidences in the Bible where you see, you know, power like gifts of the Spirit and then, uh, salvation. But he said, you know, after years of looking at this, I can't find one single example where people weren't saved in the Bible and it wasn't accompanied with power, with supernatural Holy Spirit power, healing, whatever. Isn't that phenomenal? That's our modus operandi. We're supposed, we're supposed to be demonstrating heaven to people as said by Jesus Christ, preach the kingdom, demonstrate it, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, all the stuff. Gifts of the Spirit. All this stuff. So, how do we reach this world? Evidence. That's how Paul did it. That's how Paul did it to the pagan Greek, Roman, Greco-Roman world. They don't believe, like they're all into philosophy and stuff. They don't believe it. They're skeptical. What, what did Paul say? He says, I came to you not in wise and persuasive words of human wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that people's faith wouldn't rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5. That was how he did it. Showed them the evidence the kingdom of God is here. Now, you can't argue with that, can you? Because you just had a supernatural encounter, and that was evidence of the heavens. That's why Jesus did it. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why the gifts are so important. I love this scripture, though, this example I want to give to you. Because, you know, some people have a philosophy, dial it down <laughs> for the sake of unbelievers. Right? You, you hear that. I'm not going to comment on that. You can make your own perception, whatever. That's definitely not what they did. That's definitely not what they did. <laughs> no way. Look at this. First Corinthians 14, uh, 24 to 25. Paul didn't say, okay, guys, now look, the unbelievers are here. Dial it down. Don't let the Holy Spirit manifest. Look what Paul says. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes while everyone's, pro everyone's prophesying. Everyone's prophesying. He's talking about church now. He's like, now if an unbeliever comes in, everyone in your, everyone's prophesying. Imagine that. Everyone's just prophesying. He says they're convicted of sin and they're brought under judgment by all. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare so that they'll fall down and worship God. Exclaiming, God's really among you. Isn't that amazing? The gifts of the Spirit are crucial for unbelievers coming in your midst. Right? Because you can't argue with encounter. It's like if someone comes and prophesies the secrets of your heart, the people are going to be like, there's no way you could have known that. And then what what's the fruit of it? They fall to their knees and worship God. <laughs> Come on. Right? That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. The gifts of the Spirit are for building up the church, and they're for unbelievers. This is, this is talking about unbelievers coming in the church now, but of course we're supposed to go out and do this stuff on the streets, right? Because not uh, unbelievers aren't always going to come to us. Now, if you're skeptical, I want to show you just a couple more scriptures on this. Hebrews 2, 1-4, talking about the importance of the gifts of the Spirit for the unbeliever. 
Starting in verse 3, actually. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? He's talking about salvation. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Look at verse 4. Talking about salvation, he says, God also testified to it, salvation, by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. He's saying God confirmed his great salvation through all the stuff, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the gifts of the Spirit. Right? That's confirmation. This is for real. Salvation's here. The kingdom has come. Your Messiah has come and died for your sins so you can have everlasting life with the Father. And here's some evidence. It's to testify about the gospel of the kingdom, like I said, what Jesus told us. John 10, I love this one, 37 to 38, because Jesus even says this. This is... Jesus, look at this. I'll just read it. because He says, Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. He's talking about signs, wonders, miracles. Don't believe me unless I do this. Then he says, But if I do them, even though you don't believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand the Father's in me and I'm in the Father. Isn't that amazing? He says, Hey, if you don't believe me, believe the works. Look, I just healed you. That blind man is healed. Argue with that. How can you, right? So he, Jesus is actually saying, believe the works. It's almost mind-blowing. But do you think that's what Paul said in that scripture I said earlier in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 to 5. I came to you not with wise and persuasive words, but what? The demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith would rest on the power of the Spirit and not on my ability to convince you. Believe in the signs. So, signs and wonders were an important part of Jesus' ministry to unbelievers, to the world, which is why they went hand in hand with his message of the kingdom. Okay? If you don't believe me, (laughs) believe the signs. So, throughout the Bible and church history, you can just see in, in spirit movements and revivals, the visible dynamic work of the Spirit has frequently manifested itself in drawing people to Christ and to his church. A genuine recapturing of the dynamic life of the Spirit will result in more effective evangelism in a lost world. If we're going to become effective to the 21st century, the way it's going, this is how we're going to do it. The same way the early church did it in their pagan Greco-Roman world. Moral relativism, idolatry, all this stuff. Demonstrating the kingdom to them that it's real. Gifts of the Spirit. And the other stuff. But uh, like I said, I'm emphasizing why the gifts are so important. So our task is to offer his great and glorious good news, which includes his presence as a reality in people's lives and the life of the church. Jesus told us to preach about the kingdom, to demonstrate that the kingdom's here by the Holy Spirit. This is why the gifts of the Spirit are so important. Not only do they build up the church, until Christ returns, they demonstrate the reality of the kingdom to the world. And remember, that's our mandate as the church. So what should we do in light of all this? So in sum, we're the body of Christ, acting out the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. We do this by preaching and demonstrating his kingdom through the empowering presence of his spirit. Kingdom living is living the life of the spirit right, the age to come in the community of faith as it lives out the life of Christ to the world, the body of Christ. The Spirit is an experienced kingdom reality who serves as both the evidence that the future kingdom is already here, it's at hand, and it's the guarantee of the final consummation that Jesus is coming back, we are being raised from the dead, no doubt. It's already been set in motion. So the Spirit does this in part by giving us supernatural gifts to build His church as we await the second coming and show that His kingdom is present now to the world. That's why they're not an option, the gifts. They're a crucial part of the message. They're a crucial part of our mandate as the church. So the take-home point, we need to recapture and embrace the dynamic life of the Spirit displayed in the Bible. Okay, And if you've been coming for a while, you know that. I'm passionate about that. But that's why. 
It's crucial. We can't demonstrate the kingdom without the power of the Holy Spirit. And a big part of it is by incorporating the gifts of the Spirit for the building up the people of God for our life together and in the world. Okay, so now I want to do an activation. I felt today that the Lord wants to do some impartation of gifts of the Spirit. How many of you have ever seen uh, Randy Clark? <laughs> wow, cool, most of us. How many of you have ever been there when he's speaking, spoken about uh, the impartation message? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. Oh my goodness. My mom was there once when he did that, and she got super blasted, and and same thing happened to me. And he, what he does, uh, and and this is what I feel kind of to do here. Uh, and he got this from Blaine Cook. If you don't know who that is, he was John Wimber's right hand man in the '80s. And at the time, in the mid '80s, Randy Clark was a Baptist minister. They didn't believe the gifts. He did, but his his denomination didn't. And when he saw Wimber, he's like, "I got to have this guy at my church." So he invited him, but Wimber couldn't come. But Blaine Cook came. And you got to hear the stories. It's crazy. It's amazing. You can probably look it up anywhere. He tells us a lot. But the point is, he says, after the service, what Blaine Cook did is he had everybody basically just close their eyes. So that's what I'm going to get you guys to do. If you want to just, because I want you to focus on the spirit. Okay? So just close your eyes. I'm going to put on some music lightly in the background. And what, what he said, he wants to, remember Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so, Blaine would say, okay, I just, we want to see what the Father's doing. Now, God wants to touch everybody. Clearly, he's no respecter of persons. But, sometimes God's emphasizing certain people or certain things or certain things he wants to do in a specific person's life. Right? And so, what he would do is just wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Spirit. Um, and have people just focus on him. And as they did, he would just invite the Holy Spirit to come. And he would say, okay, pay attention now. Some of you might feel his presence, and this is what I want you guys to do now. You might feel tingling in your hands, for example. You might feel uh, goosebumps is a common one. You might feel burning. Okay, you might feel a burning or a heat sensation in your hands, in your feet, which would often signifies your calling, what you're called to do. Your hands, the works of your hands. He might be emphasizing that. So what I want you to do is just pay attention to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray and ask him, to touch you. And as we do, we're going to, I believe that he's going to be imparting and emphasizing certain people and specific gifts that he wants to release to you. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for your presence in our midst. Lord, we just ask that your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Father, we just ask, we thank you that you say that the Holy Spirit distributes his gifts according to his will. And so, Lord, as we focus on you, as we wait on you, I ask you to come, to reveal yourself to us in a special way. We ask, Lord, that you impart fresh vision, fresh gifts destinies, callings, whatever it is you want to do, but we just ask you to come now, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Now as we wait on him, I want you to pay attention. Sometimes it's subtle, but pay attention to see if he's doing something in you.
come do something fresh, something new in our lives. emphasizing something about this right now. So can you lay your hands on all the people? If you feel that sensation, lift your hands up. And if you're just, if you're within arm's reach or near them, just lay your hands and we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you. Whoa, we thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing. We thank you so much for how you're moving. Lord, we thank you for fresh impartation in each and every one of these people's lives. I feel like the Lord wants to use each and every one of us, but especially the ones who feel that in their hands in a specific way. And I feel what, what the best thing to do is to pray, God, what are you doing? So I, ask, I just recommend you ask the Holy Spirit, what is this you're doing in my life? What do you, what's the sensation I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this? And he might reveal something to you. He might get an impression like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's doing something with prophecy whatever. Often the, the hands I mentioned earlier signify works of your hands. So it's something he's imparting to you to enable you to do something with your hands. So Lord, we just bless what you're doing. We ask you to come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for each one, Lord. We ask that you just continue to bless each one whoa, that you're highlighting now. Lord, and that you reveal, you reveal through revelation what it is you're doing. Ha! I feel like a lot of you, what it signifies is that he's encouraging you to lay your hands on the sick. In the list of gifts of the Spirit, one is charismata of healings. That's plural, gifts of healings. So, you, so there's specific gifts of healing. So you might lay your hand on someone who has a migraine almost every time they get healed. You might lay your hand on some, what? So I believe he's highlighting that specifically. Ha, so Lord, we just bless the gifts of healings, Lord, that people are going to function and operate in that at a new level. Lord, we ask that you reveal if there's specific gifts of healings that you're imparting. Ha, every time Heidi Baker prays for a deaf person in Mozambique, they're healed. So, Lord, if it's the gift of healing of deafness, if it's the gift of healing of migraines, if it's the gift of healing of cancer, Lord, we just ask that you reveal that now. Ha! I just bless what you're doing, Father. Ho! Bless what you're doing, Father. Sha! Sha! Ha! Come, Holy Spirit. More, 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 more fire. I feel like also the Lord is... Uh, we, have the, we all have the ability to prophesy by the Spirit, but the Lord is... Uh, and you know who you are. The Lord is emphasizing an increase in prophetic revelation, the prophetic ministry. And yet that's witnessing with your spirit right now. Lift up your hand. Okay, if, if you're around someone who has their hands lifted, just, whoa, Father, we just bless each one here, Father. We thank you so much for an increase, increase in the prophetic revelation, revelatory gift. Ha! Which of you, uh, uh, if you had your hands raised to the prophetic, do you feel a fire, a burning, a burning, a burning? going to give you an uh, increase in clarity and dreams specifically and 
and the ability to interpret them with greater clarity and revelation. So we just bless what you're doing, Father. Keep keep coming, Holy, Sh- Holy Spirit. Keep coming. Shoot. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Shoot. Is someone feeling a cool sensation? Is someone feeling a cool sensation in any way? Ah. Uh, Okay, there's a couple of you. Lord, I, th- I feel like the Lord's giving you guys specifically uh, uh, visions, open visions that you're actually going to see things almost like a TV screen. It's going to be that clear that the Lord's increasing that gift and making it even more clear. So Lord, we just bless what you're doing in these people. Lord, we bless the visions. You say the young men will have visions, young men and women. So, ha, we just, ha, ha, ha. Oh, as evidence, as evidence, ha, that your spirit's here. Lord, we, wow, just bless that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you for increase in, in the uh, in the vision, the visionary realm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. feeling kind of a heat sensation in your neck. Is anyone, does that describe any, wow, what anyone's feeling right now? Ha ha. Like it's kind of like a warmth in your neck. Warmth in your neck. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> whoa. I feel like the, ha ha. Yeah, that, whoa, that, whoa, yeah, that the Lord's uh, giving you uh, uh, words of knowledge and greater clarity. Ha. Specific in, 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 than you've ever experienced. More details, uh, just more depth. Oh, Lord, we just bless that in Jesus' name. Uh, also, yeah, a little bit of the gift of uh, wisdom too. Those go hand in hand often. But I feel like the Lord's going to give you even more clarity in specific, specific, specific words. Lord, we thank you. I've, have you been praying for that? always praying for that. So Lord, I just believe he's answering those prayers in your heart. Father, we just, as he says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. He's, he's honoring that. So Lord, we just bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, if, oh, <laughs> if some of you feel like specifically, I, wanted, I want you guys to act out on this. Now, this is the thing. With gifts of healings, the Lord actually wants us to step out in faith. All these gifts require faith. Stepping out in faith. And if you feel like the Lord is, is, has been imparting specifically gifts of healings, we prayed about that earlier. I want you, if you feel to, no pressure, to actually pray for the sick. So if, if you're dealing with something and you want prayer, um, it could be anything, anything doing with illness, sickness, whatever. Uh, I want you guys to raise your hands. And if you feel like the Lord's doing something in regards to healing in you, you're able to, I want you to pray for, for these ones who have their hands up. So there's someone laying on the ground back there. There's, there's someone here. So if, if that's you, you get permission to go and lay your hands. We're going to believe God's going to heal, heal them. So who here would want to do that who feels like the Lord's been imparting healings to you? Okay, back there. John, would you pray for uh, Samantha back there? Is there someone else? Oh. Someone went, well, yeah. Do you want to come up here and pray for Caroline? If, if, yeah. Okay, and we're going to pray together. Now, what I wanted to do is, uh, can you go to the next slide? If you've never done this before, it's pretty simple. You don't even have to do anything, in fact. In Mark 16, it says, Raise, put, lay your hand on the sick. Lay your hand and they'll recover. So you don't, it doesn't even say to pray. It says, lay your hands. But if you want to pray, oh, can you go to the next slide? Oh, I have it. <laughs> I needed it for the sound, you're right. All Jesus did when he prayed for the sick is commanded to leave. Leave, go in Jesus' name, right? Be healed. It's not, it doesn't take a long prayer. It's simply the person what they need healing for, declare. Hands on the right now, I just encourage you to just declare the healing. Ask the person what they need healing for, declare it. Be healed in Jesus' name. If it's pain, say pain be gone in Jesus' name. have some stuff of you command it to go i command you to go in jesus name laying on of hands the word of god remember jesus said your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven 
There's no sickness in heaven. So you can just say, your kingdom come in this person's body. Your will be done in their body as it is in heaven. So Father, we just thank you so much. Pope, we thank you for this healing, Father. We thank you so much. We just command all sickness to go, all disease to go. Lord, we just believe you for mighty things. Is anyone, whoa. Oh, Holy Spirit. So one last time, I'm going to just ask us all to close our eyes. Pay attention to the Holy Spirit. I believe he's still doing something and he's wanting to impart some stuff. Then we're going to pray, but if you guys have to go, we'd bless you to go. We have uh, hospitality, coffee, snacks, and the great the hall to the side but if the Lord's doing a work in you I encourage you to stay and soak you can stay as long as you want let the Holy Spirit do his work okay but before we go I just want to one more time if you close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is there something you want to give to me it, sometimes it helps to put your hands out like you're receiving something like you're receiving a gift just as a posture of faith so Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you've already been doing. We thank you for all the gifts you're distributing, you're imparting, new levels. Lord, we just ask for more. We eagerly desire the greater gifts. So Lord, we just bless each and every one here in Jesus' name. And God, we ask even that each one would get something fresh today, something new. But Lord, we, we especially ask for those of you who want to give something specific that you do so. 